Jackson. Hey, Zach. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Good. It is a Saturday night. I'm You're feeling, feeling all right. right. God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> I hate it here. Fuck this. I'm leaving. <laughs> this is what you get. You hang out with us too much. You start repeating things with me. <laughs> Man, you're going to owe me so many Cokes. Um, you want to do your Coke together? <laughs> I don't think I had the mental wherewithal to go through it. His face. To, do, to enter that world, I just don't think I, I, think manhood? I would just... Huh? I said manhood. <laughs> In our watch. tribe, this is... I'll just watch. <laughs> I'll just support from the sidelines. You know? <laughs> you're doing amazing, sweetie. You got this. I already get too much anxiety if I get too high on weed by accident, so I don't think I want to hit the bunny slope soon and experience that shit storm inside. That's just me. Again, I'll support from the sidelines. You do you. You can roll you a crunchy joint. What's that? Do a little bit of coke in your joint and then roll Good it. Good God. <laughs> I think I would just sit, like, sit in a It's what room. I heard. I feel like I would just sit in a dark room Alleged, for like allegedly, three hours. Allegedly, go. it's a very bizarre crossfade. Allegedly, allegedly, you are having like weed thoughts, but at the speed of light. Good. See, I don't know if I want that. Because <laughs> if I have weed thoughts at the speed of light, I'm going to tackle junior high to like high school. Every embarrassing thing I did in like ten minutes. Allegedly. That is how I came up with, like, one of my favorite movie ideas of all time. <laughs> what is your favorite? What is that idea? I had this thing that I wrote down, and it was about um, scientists um, wanting to weed out the tendency. Uh, weed out. What? Weed out. Sorry. <laughs> to weed out <laughs> the uh, tendency of societies to discover religion. So through selective breeding and stuff like that, they create this like strain of people like in an underground laboratory situation that don't have shame. Okay. So they've destroyed the notion of shame from this like group of individuals and then they get out and then it's just like a kind of a zombie or whatever, like a rampage type movie of these bizarre humans without the the ability to feel shame so they so just, just do whatever they want so they just they just go on a weirdo rampage and that's the movie it's like a horror movie but that's the backstory of the movie people are like in grocery stores like am i gonna like these bag of chips Open no they're the just chips. they're like fucking they're like the reavers from firefly like they oh just God. like like they're unleashed into society and like after a few hours they're like wearing outfits made of human skin oh jesus like, okay <laughs> <laughs> like really obnoxious people <laughs> Two things we've always wanted to do but can't do. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's just what I said. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. Um, it's like the purge. Yeah. But they're just, like, yeah, they're, and then they're just out there. There's a group of like 30 of them. Like... You know something the purge hasn't done, which upsets me? Is I've, I, maybe they've started to, I haven't really watched many of the recent ones. Yeah. I have not seen the purge from like a poor person's point of view. Like just a normal person. Who's like, fuck, I gotta go through this entire fucking night again. Isn't that the second or third one? The most recent one's like on a farm, and it's kind of the same deal. Yeah, the most recent one's like the Purge Forever, which is like them just going to The Forever Purge. Forever, whatever. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I always thought that'd be pretty, like a fun, intense kind of movie where it's like they aren't the president, they aren't a bodyguard. And they're not just rich people. Yeah. Yeah. Like in the first one. First one was good, though. It's fine. I like the one... um, with uh, crossbones where he's like driving around in his 
very much uh, Escape from New York. Yeah. 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 Like a little bit of Punisher energy. Yeah. Yeah. It is cool. I think that's a cool idea for that series. But you're right. They've never really done just like a regular person who's like, oh, I hope nobody breaks my torrent and tries to fuck my skull. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just like, motherfucker, again. Um, Yeah, they've teased it a few times, but they never fully like just given me that. Just we're following just one person or something just through the whole fucking night. Yeah. What does that look like? Yeah. Secret tunnels and stuff. That'd be cool. I'd watch that. Me too. Um, but what are we talking about today? Zach? We are talking about. So we are on this kick right now of like just taking ideas and like rebooting them. Yeah. Which is kind of fun because we yeah, just go fun. down like rabbit holes of like what if stories together. Yeah, I could do this all day. I know, uh, and I just usually follow your lead now because <laughs> I find that we're almost on the same boat on some things. Uh huh. This we're doing monster movies right now. Yeah, we're gonna do the Universal monster movies. Yep. Um, the Invisible <clears throat> Invisible Man. Yes. Came out. Oh my god, like three years ago now? Yeah, it was like one of the last things I saw um, pre-COVID. I think the the absolute last movie I saw in a theater before we went into full lockdown was Bloodshot, the uh, Vin Diesel movie. Oh god. (laughs) I remember Invisible Man being one of those movies that was in theaters and then they put it to streaming. Yeah, really fast after that. I got to see it in the theater though, so that was really cool. And that was like January. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, yeah, people were, like, all about this movie because they're like, oh, fuck, we can do our own movie night. It's and, like, great, but it's a good movie. It's so good. Oh, my God. They took, which is nice because the last Invisible Man we got is the... Hollow Man. <laughs> Hollow Man. Which is a classic in its own right. <laughs> which is, if you're... But it's quite different. If you watch that movie as a sexually frustrated, like, junior hire, it's perfect. Yeah, you're like, oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I would totally open her shirt. Yeah, that's what you do, right? But I think I think that movie is interesting because it's making the same... It has the same bones mm-hmm. as the new movie, where it's oh, this yeah. idea of, like, well, what is... Like, being invisible is essentially the power of, like, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. So if somebody moves invisibly and it makes these comments about, like, men in power and things yeah. like that, they can do what they want and people don't know about it. They're invisible. Um, it just happens to be made by a mad, du- an insane Dutch, like, maximalist. <laughs> so it's insanely sexual and insanely violent. Yeah. <laughs> Very sexual. But um, it, it's making the same point, ultimately, that the new movie makes, just it, maybe in a less... Uh, eloquent way the new movie is way it's 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 way better oh god without a doubt it's a great and it's a great horror movie because it's fucking scary mm-hmm. and they make such great use of the frame oh, um, yeah. in the scenes where there's no special effects or it's he's just invisible although that stuff of him in the rain oh yeah is so good and i that's a whole sequence where she's breaking out of the institution mm-hmm yeah, I should watch that movie again. I know. I'm like, as I'm talking about, it, I want to watch it again too. Yeah. It's it's just really well done because it's exactly it. like the most of the movie is just subtle shit that's happening to her to just slowly drive her insane. Yeah, where he's and, just like moving stuff and yeah. Yeah, or like attacking the daughter. That that scene is tense, dude. I love the stuff with the paint too. Where she throws the paint on him. That's a like, great moment because he's like, right there, right fucking there. <laughs> he has like the textures of the suit too. Yeah, I love that suit too. It's gnarly looking. Oh yeah. And it, I think it's it really plays up. You know, people have that phobia of like concentric holes. I think so. Like yes. honey, yes. they're like when they see like a honeycomb or something like that, it freaks them out. Oh, and that suit has that texture because it's oh, like yeah. cameras all over the place. Yeah, yeah. No, it does. Uh, really, just yeah, and it, it captures the whole feeling of what makes Invisible Man fun, which is like, is there somebody in the room with me right now? Yeah. And the way exactly like you said, where the shot is framed to look like it's included somebody next to her, mm-hmm. there's nobody there. Yeah. Or is there? Maybe there is. Yeah. And sometimes there's nothing there. Something nothing happens, but that doesn't matter because it's just building up this tension. Yeah. Um, 
And when it peaks, it peaks hard. Like when they're in the uh, restaurant. And yeah. The freaking the knife sister. just goes up in the air and just slits that her was throat. insane. It was, it's just, yeah. Man, the movie's so fucking good. Yeah. Um, and it's allegedly kicked off a full. Yeah. Well, so they've tried this. Universal, uh, in a post-Marvel world, like wants some of that Marvel money. Yeah. They've got the Fast and Furious franchise, which is probably their Marvel franchise, uh, yep. for better or for worse. Yeah. Fast but X. The, the idea of this like interconnected series of movies where they could build toward like an Avengers, yeah, um, type thing and make you know two billion dollars. That's like everybody was going after that hardcore of course. for um, the first few years after Avengers. Um, and then like to a lesser degree, like it's sort of fizzling out now. Thank fucking god. Yeah. But for real. They tried, they made a movie called Dracula Untold that was supposed to be the start of something like that. And the best thing about it is all these movies have all these threads that leave off and like post credit scenes where they're like, the game is on. Nah. And then like never get a sequel. It's the best. <laughs> but um, that I think that movie's okay. It doesn't have a great reputation, but I think it's kind of fun in like a 70s Tomb of Dracula Marvel comic vampire mm. kind of way. Um, and then they made The Mummy with Tom Cruise was that was supposed say. to kick everything off again. And that movie isn't terrible i never saw it i thought it was kind of fun it's got interesting things in it i like tom cruise's bad casting for it um yeah i love um what is her sophia butella who plays the mummy in that movie i think oh, she's okay. really cool she was like a professional dancer who became an actor That's um cool. so she's got really cool physicality um and she's i i just like her i like her in that movie and then nick from uh the new girl is in it for some reason. <laughs> but, <He's not> <laughs> um, but then they kind of gave, they failed at all this stuff and they gave uh, Blumhouse the chance to make the invisible man and just like, see what you can do with this. And they made a fucking awesome movie. Yeah. They, a great movie. And it's interesting to me because I'm like biased, but like Brendan Fraser's mummy is still always like, I love that movie. It's, it's probably one of, like, one of my favorite, like quote unquote, the monster movies it's just ended on the first one too. The second one is just, you could feel forced, yeah. but yeah, it's a great, it's a legit great movie. And it also oh, fits God. into like an accidental dark universe in the nineties yeah. because there was like Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula and the movie Wolf with Jack Nicholson and, uh, Kenneth Branagh's Frankenstein and yeah. hollow man. Oh, yeah. And they all sort of like, <laughs> somehow happen or like right around the same like a, this like eight year period yeah it was like close enough yeah yeah that's still like that that movie is just like one of my favorite i can watch it's the movie so much over. fun it's such a perfect movie it is it's i remember when i was speaking of covid when i first got uh furloughed i think mm. um it was on sale like and i went and just fucking bought the mummy and yeah. watched it one day and i'm like this it's just like comfort food yeah. Like the acting's perfect. The movie like the story's paced wonderfully. Brendan Fraser is like knocking it out of the park in yeah. every single fucking scene that he's in. Excellent tone control in that movie. Like mm -hmm. it all fits together so well. Brendan Fraser at like the peak of his powers. Yeah. Like he's so funny and he's so charming and he just like exudes this like goodness that I think just is part of being Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Um but like roguish, but in a way that's not gross. And mm -hmm. he's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> he's got exactly. that floppy nineties hair. Like even the uh, even when he's like all bearded out and like in the prison scene and he kisses her, yeah, because he's like I probably might die, yeah. But like it was just there's even like a way he just went about that that was like oh that wasn't weird, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of like not charming. weird, right? It's cool because I'm Brendan Fraser and she's like yeah, <laughs> yeah, fine. Um, but yeah, so now we're in this boat now where it looks like they are going to be rebooting these monster movies. Yeah, there's at least a door open where they can keep doing this. Yeah, and it looks like they want to keep it in that modern time, which I love. Yeah. 
Um, I think just because these characters really haven't walked in like modern time almost. Yeah. Well, and I think it's really interesting. It even is just a thought exercise to like, look at these things that people thought were so scary in like when the original universal movies were made in the 1930s or 1940s mm-hmm. or even before that. Cause a lot of them st- started as literary characters. Like these were things that like we look at and we're like, Oh, that's fun. Like Frankenstein, he, he's, or Frankenstein's monster has this cool iconic look and like yeah. look all these things that we associate with it. But when that movie came out, people were fucking terrified of it. It was the exorcist of its day. Like there are people like freaking out at the theater and there's, yeah. uh, there's a story of a producer getting a phone call in the middle of the night <laughs> after the premiere of Frankenstein. And it was a, uh, like a reviewer or somebody who went to see the movie and they were just like, uh, I can't sleep. I just, or I saw your movie earlier tonight. And I can't sleep. And now I'm not going to let you sleep. So we're just staying in the stay on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of just wild to see, like you hear stories about that, like just the cinema past and like yeah. how much it's truly grown. Yeah. But the idea that like, there's something to these concepts that is, like, they are horror concepts. They're yeah. scary. And so, like, we might think they're quaint and, like, at best fun. But, like, what what can we find in them that is scary? Yeah. That you can make horror out of. And I find that really interesting. Well, yeah. It's it's constantly... It's having these monsters kind of evolve with, like, society as we go, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, what do they mean to us? Yeah, exactly. Because if we go and we watch the old monster movies, I think we just found that collection of all... 30 of them for 120 bucks yeah i bought it (laughs) um but if you go back and watch those those were scary like i said for that time Mm -hmm. and so how do you modernize those characters is really kind of a fun road to take yeah um even with something like frankenstein like i don't think we would necessarily do frankenstein the same way i assume we're gonna touch on that in this yeah i've got one for all of them this is perfect yeah to varying degrees Wonderful. Are they all connected? Uh, not necessarily, but they're not explicitly not connected either, which I think is the best way to do it. <laughs> I think so, too. It leaves room for them to meet, but they don't have to meet. Yeah, exactly. The world. That's how it should be. Because mm-hmm. you don't want to force things. I hate yeah. people like... You don't want to put it... You don't need to put, like, a Nick Fury scene at the end of fucking Dracula. Where, <laughs> <laughs> no. where somebody shows up to meet Van Helsing, and they're like, well, there's something else going on. <laughs> now, see, that would even be... Even including, like, Van Helsing, like, in this universe would be fun, too. Yeah, I definitely would. Yeah. I, I would want him to be, to me, like, he'd just be a really cool, like, private detective. Yeah. Like, I get that look in my head of him just having, like, this office that's all cheesy. You'd and... have him be, like, a John Constantine type character. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which he has, like, his day job of being a private detective, but he's really in the fucking shit of, like, hunting these monsters that people don't know about. Yeah. Um... That would be a lot of fun mm-hmm. to see that play out. But all right, so should we take this from the top? You yeah. have how do you want to how do you want to do it? Do you want to just go back and forth? We can go back and forth. Yeah. I'm probably Although don't do that in real life. You get a staff infection. That's true. Um, so my first one is also like the one that I went the most in depth with. It's also the one that hasn't been remade since mm-hmm. its original. Because um, people have made there's a thousand Frankenstein movies and there's a thousand Dracula movies. Um, but nobody successfully remade the creature from the Black Lagoon. There are two sequels um, that are actually pretty cool. Um, the third one is Clint Eastwood in it. Oh, I know second that. one. Second one is Clint Eastwood in it for like two seconds. Oh, it's okay. a lab assistant. Oh, fun. Um, they tried to remake it in the '80s and they tried to remake it in the '90s. 
uh, but it never worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a small creature cameo in the movie Monster Squad from 1985 where the makeup is dope as fuck. Oh, interesting. But nobody's remade Creature from the Black Lagoon, so I took my my leap there because I love the Creature from the Black Lagoon. He's one of my favorite like visual of the oh, yeah. uh, Universal Monsters. I think he's so cool looking. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't even know if I've seen that one. I don't think I have. But, uh, should we just go? Let's go. Okay. Pardon me. Uh, Anthropologist Dr. Karina K. Lawrence is in crisis. Six months ago, she lost out on a private grant and lead research position studying an uncontacted tribe deep in the heart of the Amazon rainforest. She lost it to her former mentor, Dr. David Reed. Now, the patrons of David's research expedition have woken Kay in the middle of the night and brought her to a strange facility, informing her that they have lost contact with Dr. Reed, his research team, and the private security detail assigned to them. The last communication they have, a confusing and chaotic digital video recording of a disheveled and bloodied Reed frantically seeking help from the company while an unidentified noise is heard from off camera. Still stung from being second choice, but desperate to learn the fate of her mentor and see the fruit of his research, Kay reluctantly accepts leadership role in a new expedition to locate, assist, and rescue, if necessary, Dr. Reed and his team. On the flight to South America, Kay meets her new team, a new group of private security officers itching to learn what's become of their colleagues, a marine biologist, a slightly off-kilter evolutionary biologist, and Dr. Reed's research assistant, Mark. She and Mark pour over Reed's communication and research while talking about David's obsession and how he had changed over the last few years. His team had followed archaeological clues and newly rediscovered cartography and ancient writings to a hidden tributary branching out from the Amazon River and discovered a hidden biome within the rainforest, untouched by time, a primordial ecosystem Reed called the Black Lagoon. But what did he really expect to find there? What is Kay to make of the fringe science Reed seemed obsessed with in his notes? Why is there an evolutionary biologist on the team? What are the true aims of Reed's mysterious benefactors? So what we've got going on here is this Lovecraftian horror mm. story, right? It's about a search for forbidden knowledge, a quest for a lost chapter in human history where the answers aren't what our protagonists wanted to find. The vibe we're going for is like alien, the thing at the mountains of madness. Mm-hmm. There's this vague lost expedition. We go to see what happened. We discover horrors and we discover things that challenge our sense of science and our sense of religion. Mm. So not only are our characters picked off one by one by something that defies modern understandings of the animal kingdom, but religious and scientific beliefs are also violently challenged by what is discovered deep in the heart of the Black Lagoon. See, I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. So it's like, it's a, it's a, it would be a hard R of course. monster movie mm-hmm. where like these people are getting killed by this thing. Mm-hmm. But they're also discovering this lost society that what they went there to find is so much more than just an uncontacted tribe. They're finding the ruins of a civilization that was a lost branch in the evolutionary of man, this Mm. like fish man society, which is great. And then not to give too much away, but the very ending of the movie would be them cracking through a part of the black lagoon they hadn't yet discovered and realizing that these things are all still there and the one they had been dealing with was like a sentry like a warrior one and there's still a bunch left yeah like a whole society of these things left and that's the end of the movie oh that'd be fun see and that's always great because yeah it, it it it's exactly what you said it's testing not only science it's testing religion it's testing everything that you've yeah so these these characters are like in the situation where they're freaking out because yeah. 
like not only am I in immediate danger, but everything I believe is gone. gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's so fun because you can't have that character who could just absolutely lose their fucking mind in the middle of it. Just yeah. Realizing like, holy shit, life as we know it is a fucking lie. And it would be one of the private security guys because I could see them being like really religious. Oh, yeah. Um, and then the scientists also like dealing with this thing. And there is there's a um, a fringe science uh, theory called the aquatic ape theory. Yes. About how man might have spent some period of time in the oceans or at least being like partly aquatic and it's like why we don't have body hair the way other land mammals do mm. and why babies are born naturally knowing how to hold their breath yeah like if you submerge a baby it holds its breath mm-hmm. um which is probably like the dumbest shit ever but it fascinates me so much <laughs> i'm just like oh my god i love that no it is always kind of fun to have like those theories and then stretch them out into like what the fuck not yeah. make a movie based on that um so yeah so that's my creature from the black it's just called the black lagoon and i love that because it's it's what we also talked about before, too, and the fact that it can be in the same universe as Invisible Man. Yeah. But we don't need to talk about that. Yeah. We don't need cameos. We don't need any of that shit. We don't need them to wear a fucking invisible suit. Yeah. Like, it's just, oh, this is obviously modern time. They're using modern equipment. Mm-hmm. Their cell phones. It's all that shit. So we can just put two and two together. Yeah. And that is, like, fucking perfect for me. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I haven't. I don't think we've seen like a movie that's actually set in like discovering a lost civilization. Like, yeah, and just like the, and then just like the cool monster movie vibes of like, yeah, you know what I mean. This thing, like, and I would absolutely recreate the. There's a famous sequence in the original Creature from the Black Lagoon where the character Kay um, Lawrence, that's in my movie as a main character, she's like the girlfriend in the original, mm. but she's um, they're on a similar kind of expedition in the Amazon, and she jumps off their boat, and she's just swimming around in the lagoon and underneath the surface, the creature is swimming underneath her and it's just like fascinated with her. And it's mm. just like swimming along and it's like reaching out and like almost grabbing her. Mm. So this like really insane, like tense moment. Um, I would absolutely want to recreate that. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, you have to. Mm-hmm. Cause that, cause that also touches into that whole like paranoid feeling of swimming in water. Yeah. Water. You don't know what's underneath. You and then like, I would absolutely make it this like black mirrored, Yes. Water where you're just like, you cannot see, like, why would you go near that water? I have a terror of uh, sharks. It's like my big, big phobia in, in life. I'm terrified of sharks. And Jaws is your favorite movie. Yes. Fascinating. Um, but, continue. <laughs> but like that, if I see water like that, where mm-hmm. like not only can you not see to the bottom, but it's just like purely reflective like that, like you're looking into you're a like, black oh, no. mirror. I don't want to be near it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, absolutely not. What are your feelings on space? Uh, it's fine. It's okay. there. We're in space right now. We are in space right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, some people have that same theory with like space because it's just fast, oh. empty. No, I don't. I don't have a problem with existentialism. It's <laughs> <laughs> just a dark water back there. <laughs> it's, which is fair. There's something in there. Yeah, I'm not afraid that there's nothing there. <laughs> I'm afraid that there's something there. And what's great about this too is like if you if you like see how much of not even talking about space just how much of our own ocean we haven't discovered yeah um a lot of it we haven't discovered which is terrifying we've explored more of the moon than we have our own ocean which is fucking (laughs) why not learn what we're fucking standing on um but it kind of ties into that which is like it's totally feasible for there to be something way the fuck down yeah in the bottom of the ocean that just doesn't doesn't need to bother to come up Mm -hmm. but it could be this giant fucking thing but yeah and then it's also it's tapping into this idea that um there's a lot of writings um of the Spaniards, like when they first came to South America and they 
wrote these stories of like these cities of gold mm-hmm. and like all this stuff. And then they came back like a hundred years later and there's no evidence of it. So they're like, Oh, those people were lying. But then we're even now we're finding like the remains of it. And like they died out over the course of that hundred years and the jungle just reclaimed everything. Yeah. So just the idea of like these entire civilizations that could have been flourishing and then there's no evidence of them. And then when you stumble across something, yeah yeah so i love that stuff too and then it was just like to roll it all into this one ball yeah of this like nightmare that is my favorite part of like any post-apocalyptic story is like seeing nature take back mm-hmm. that's my favorite thing and so it is really cool to like touch on societies that have just been yeah trees grew over vines grew over animals came in like nature will always come back yeah and so it's really cool to always touch on that so god that'd be fun yeah yeah, that'd yeah. Be, okay so that's the Black Lagoon. That is the Black Lagoon. I love that because, yeah, it can just be its own thing. Yeah. Modern times. Mm-hmm. You put two and two together. I'm very curious, because we're going to get to the other ones, too. Yeah. I've been throwing around different things for, like, Frankenstein. Yeah. Do you have anything for Frankenstein? I have a, a relatively vague one for Frankenstein that I called The Bride. The Bride. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and it was more the idea of a Victor Frankenstein who probably lost a wife or mm-hmm. a fiance or something like that. Um, and the opening scene would be this guy at a strip club and he's just sort of like a, like a regular looking guy, but it's like, it looks sad. looks kind of lonely, kind of nerdy. Um, and he's like watching this girl dance, but he seems disinterested and he like walks out. And then like the girl after she gets off stage, cause she's like, like noticing him because there's only like four people in there because it's a bummer of a place. Um, she walks out after him, after uh, she gets off stage, and they have this like nice conversation. It's like a four or five minute scene of like just dialogue. And then like it gets kind of weird. And he's saying things that like, oh, you remind me of her. You have her eyes. And then the girl wakes up. Oh. And she's in his like apartment slash laboratory. Oh, interesting. Um, and you find out that he is trying to bring this lost love back, but he's trying, he's creating this like bride. Yeah. Bride, a bride of Frankenstein. Um, but then there's this whole thing where there's like a girl who lives across from him and they sort of start talking and he's sort of interested in her. And, but now this bride is alive. Mm-hmm. And so the horror of it is like not only from, the two people's perspective, but from this like life that's brand new and it's an adult woman, but Mm -hmm. has no like context or education or anything like that. Yeah. And so there's just like, there's these scenes of like it watching them while they're like together and he doesn't know what he, if he should destroy this thing. And then it would go on like a, a rampage Hmm. like that. Yeah. Just like this very intimate, very creepy. Yeah. I like that horror movie. Cause mine is almost, where I have like the frank idea of Frankenstein as monsters, it's like almost like a. To me, I see it as like a like a story of like tragedy. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really see Frankenstein's monsters like something like it's like terrifying. Yeah, I just think it's like this thing that woke up and just has no fucking clue what's going on. Yeah, and the villagers all fucking hate him for existing because they're scared of him. Yeah, no, absolutely. And to me, I always loved that idea of something. For me, I almost have this idea of, like, a fighter, like, a really famous fighter, like, it's killed, like, in a fight. Yeah. And they bring him back instead of, like, and they don't tell anybody. Uh-huh. And it, for, I just have something of that going in my head constantly of... Yeah. Now he's just constantly doing fights, but he has, like, 
flashbacks to like his life before this he has flashbacks like maybe like he has a wife or something like that or a girlfriend or like his friends going out yeah but he just doesn't really remember yeah but all he does is just keep going to different fights yeah i float on that one a little bit i think it'd be a very fun way to kind of almost modernize it but just touch on it in a different way completely yeah no, I like that too. Like sort of, it's almost like a RoboCop situation. Kind of like RoboCop. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's really interesting because both those things are very much there in like the Mary Shelley Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Um, where I was coming at her, I was like, how, how do I make this like a horror story? Yeah. And this idea of like what that book was dealing with then and that in society now is equally as compelling as like, mm-hmm. where do we draw the line? Like, if somebody's on this quest for knowledge and like furthering the threshold of science Mm -hmm. and all that stuff, but why are they doing it? What's driving them? And are they asking why, you know, the, the famous Jurassic park quote, they were so preoccupied with whether or not they thought that they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. And then like you cross a line and then what do you do now? Is this life? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and just like the, the little moments are what like really play on play in my head, these like really creepy moments that are just creepy visually, but also like when you think about it, is fuck is like really fucks with you. Yeah. Like I have this idea that he's like having sex with the neighbor girl, and the bride is watching from the closet. Yeah. And just like th- things like that. <laughs> unsure, like what? Yeah, and she's like aroused and she's angry, and like she would kill the girl in that moment. Um, Fair. Yeah, and he doesn't learn his lesson. He tries to bring her back. Oh jeez. Yeah. See, and that's what's kind of really fun about these stories is like we talked about, and we could almost almost do Frankenstein if we fully wanted to modernize him. They could even use that to start touching on like AI. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, yeah, I feel like that's something they would do. Yeah, it, it's instead of it being a human, it's an actual straight up just an AI yeah. robot that gets brought to life and then starts having like human yeah. thoughts, human feelings, human emotions, and we start walking that line of yeah, is this too far? Did we just you know create life now? And that's always a fun conversation to go down. Yeah. But when it is really interesting because they do stuff like they created that AI and they put it on Reddit and mm-hmm. it was just absorbing all that information. Then it started just like posting Nazi rhetoric. <laughs> and they were just like, oh, we got to pull the plug. Yeah, on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, it is super interesting when like uh, you start introducing AI to like society like that and mm-hmm. start seeing how actually like that can be a rabbit hole. Um, one game that did a really good job. Did you ever play Detroit Become Human? Mm hmm. So that was the concept in Detroit Become Human is that um, AI, cyborgs, humanoids, whatever you want to call them, started to become so human-like that they started to have the debate of should they have rights? Mm. Should they be able to have a job and have a place to live and then vote and things like that? Yeah. Do we allow that or is that we are now giving this higher power, more power over us, we're going to start making ourselves relevant? Right. And there's actually, like, a, a battle that's going on. There's, like, a war that these cyborgs are like, no, we're people now. Like, you've created us. We have feelings. You can hurt our feelings. <laughs> like, it is legitimately, like, a... You, you can and are hurting our feelings. That's right. It, but it... To me, that is, like, very much what, like, Frankenstein's monster almost represents to me. Yeah. It's because it's kind of, like, a cool thing to touch on. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's it's valid in, in within the same realm of like creating life and what does that mean? Yeah. And is is it life if you create it? And like what does that mean? Like what does that say about God? Or yeah. like all that stuff. Yeah. That's there's a lot in there. I mean there's that famous scene, I think I don't know which Frankenstein movie, but he's with the girl. 
The original Frankenstein from yeah. 1931, yeah. And where she's... he throws her in the lake. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. she's pretty like a flower, and she's throwing the flowers in the lake. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But that it's such a very interesting, like... Yeah. When it's, yeah, this thing of, like, creating this thing and then taking no responsibility for it, right? Exactly. Like, he just, like, lets it out into the world because it freaks him out. And he's like, oh, I built this thing. Like, oh, fuck, I built this thing. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. It like don doesn't dawn on him until it's done that he's like, I've assembled a homunculus from the corpse pieces of murderers. <laughs> like I shouldn't have done this. Whoops. Anyway, uh if I just like shove it out the door it'll be fine. Yeah. And then this like baby in a nine foot tall body yeah. with strangler's hands is just stumbling around. Yeah. Confused, not yeah. sure what to do. Exactly. So nobody will show it kindness because it looks like a fucking monster. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah. I, I'm very excited to see what they do if they do anything with it. Um, I would want to see it be modernized just to see what that looks like. Yeah. Because you have so much fun with it for the challenge. Exactly. Because yeah. you could make it a period piece again, but that's boring. Yeah. Or you know, so you could set it in some small Eastern European <laughs> town that looks exactly the same. But again, that feels boring to me. Yeah. Um. Okay, so what is the next? So the next one that I have uh, that I put a lot of thought into oh, is God. the Wolfman because that's my favorite. Werewolves are my favorite monster, full stop. Fair. I love werewolf movies. I love the original Wolfman. Um, I love An American Werewolf in London. Mm-hmm. I love The Howling. I love Teen Wolf with Michael G. Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Great basketball scenes. <laughs> yes. Um so I really wanted to, t- and there hasn't really been a great werewolf movie since American Werewolf and the Howling, which both came out in the same year, which is interesting to me. That is interesting. Um, so I really wanted to like delve into like, what could you do? What is scary? Cause it's easy to get cheesy. Um, and that's, there's room for that too, mm-hmm. but what's scary about like a werewolf and like, what, what, what does it mean to us now? And I just keep coming to this I, this conclusion of we depend a whole lot on the illusion of society mm-hmm. and on civility and that we all agree on like the same rules. Like we all live in a society. This is how we behave. Yeah. But like if one like under the surface, none of that exists. So if something just tears through the surface of that, something that's within all of us, mm-hmm. like everything falls apart you're just not safe so i had like the very first thing that was in my head is this idea of somebody sitting in their small one bedroom apartment the door is locked they're about to go to bed for the night the door just flies open and there's this thing this beast Mm -hmm. and it's not like another movie where like somebody gets in a uh situation like this and they get like thrown around and maybe like they go into a wall but they're mostly fine they're immediately eviscerated like they're immediately dead there's Mm -hmm. no yeah that's just yeah that's just it and then it just like crashes through a wall or goes like continues what it's doing and it has no thoughts it's not a regular animal yeah that's killing to eat or to protect itself or to protect its young it's killing to kill exactly uh so that being said (laughs) uh my story is called wolf slash man okay um lawrence talbot is an embedded journalist in an overseas U.S. conflict of your choice. <laughs> uh, during a horrific ambush, Larry is taken as a prisoner and held with another soldier who was new to the unit Larry was embedded with. The two are held together for weeks 
with a, a few other prisoners ultimately finding themselves chained up together in this, you know, sort of sub subterranean chamber about to undergo some uh, aggressive interrogation. So these guys, it's like that scene in The Thing where they're all just like chained up on this thing together. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're just like, things are tense. What's going to, they're definitely going to torture us to get this information. They keep asking us things we don't understand about this program we don't understand. And then this guy, he's having a seizure. Like, and everybody's free, like, they're, they're all chained up together. He's having a seizure. What, what, what's happening? What's going on? He's having a violent seizure. He's breaking free of the restraints. Are those claws coming out of his fingers? What's fucking happening? This guy is turning into a werewolf right here in the middle of this perfectly lit room surrounded by guys that are chained together and can't go anywhere. <laughs> it's a fucking bloodbath. He bursts through the door, starts killing the enemy soldiers. Larry Talbot, still alive, like in the confusion, like things, everything's on fire now. There's guns going off. This thing's getting shot, is turning around, killing the guy who shot it. Like it's, you know, like yeah. you threw a rock at it, like doesn't give a fuck about getting shot. They're shooting flamethrowers at it. <laughs> it's on fire, but it's not slowing down. This is all kind of happening as he's like scrambling through the hallways, trying to get out of there. He's gotten to safety. He's been bitten. So the story, he managed to get back to the States through, like, he's made connections, like, subterfuge. Um, he's, like, hopped, gotten safe passage back to the United States. Um, it's been a month, but he's finally back. He th he's going to go to a bar, get himself a drink. It's not feeling good. He's got a migraine. Things are a little weird at the bar. He, like, bumps some guy, spills his drink. The, the, him and his friends are fucking with him. His migraine's getting worse. He's, like, stumbling into the bathroom. He notices his hand in his palm, a pentagram. It looks like it's been branded into his palm. But he looks at his hand in the mirror, and he, it's not in the mirror. His palm looks fine in the mirror. His migraine's getting so much worse. He's having a seizure. He is the wolf man. <laughs> He transforms in the bar, this ba in the bathroom bar. It's a bloodbath. He wakes up the next day. What the fuck happened? He's in the middle of Central Park in New York City. <laughs> He's naked. He's yes. covered in blood. Um, the movie, um, long story short, it becomes kind of a man on the run because the government is after him because yeah. of what happened to the embedded unit. He's trying to figure out what's going on where this all like is coming to a head it ends with him finally being taken and then trying to do it before the next full moon because yeah. he's like worked that out for himself the movie comes to head he's captured finally taken to a government facility and what we find out is the government has found out that werewolves are real the whole deal silver bullets full moon like that is all intact mm -hmm. they captured one alive and decided to weaponize it. They've of been course. giving soldiers the werewolf curse and having them just be like living suicide bombs. So they turn these guys into werewolves and just drop them into enemy territory to disrupt everything. Every, just take everything out. Yes. I love that. Um, and then the movie would be him like transforming in this government facility and fighting his way out. And there's like other werewolves. Mm -hmm. It creates a pact. No, he has to fight the other werewolves. Because oh, the other werewolves are controlled by, these are gotcha. controlled by the government. Okay. And like maybe there's other weird monsters in there. So like they they're doing other things too. Mm -hmm. Like maybe there's a vampire chained up. Something weird. Yeah. That would be fun. 
I yeah, and I love like that idea of Wolfman, him just being like actually in like modern day society. Like, yeah, turn transform into a bar, and it's like you said, it's not PG thirteen. It's like no, he's ripping through people. Yeah. It's and there's like, great. yeah, it's no, there's no like cute, like, oh, there's a bunch of boxes <laughs> stacked up and he's like throwing you around. <laughs> like, he's just ripping your head off. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't care about eating your meat or anything like that. He's just like, this creature is an evil supernatural creature. Like that's maintained. Yeah. But it's like in modern day and they're taking a scientific approach to like weaponizing it. Which is makes like 100% sense. Mm-hmm. And that's... And that does touch on like a very like like you said society and just kind of this is what we do this is how we act and you can't do this because that's wrong in society but yeah. like yo know, what if one thing was just like well fuck all yeah that. and you're dealing with this thing that is just id yeah yeah it just exists and like you can't stop it you can, yeah you just gotta get out of its way if you can mm-hmm. man that'd be fun well because they are doing one aren't they some, yeah they're doing one with Ryan Gosling. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and I think the guy who directed um, Place Beyond the Pines, if I remember correctly. Okay. Um, so it sounds interesting. I'll definitely see it. When is... I don't know. I, yeah, I, it I, was, like, announced right before COVID, and then who knows with any of this stuff. But Yeah, the monster movies took a giant pause, which is, like, really upsetting. It sucks, but, yeah. I don't yeah. know why they did. And then, like, for me, like, 90% of it is getting the wolf, the look of the wolf right. <laughs> so well, No, that is fair. So if they get a great-looking werewolf, I, I'm, I'm there. It Werewolf has been this thing that's kind of... Nobody knows how to like actually approach it. I feel like yeah. some people just do like a giant wolf that can like walk. Yeah. Well, then you like it might look like a bear. Exactly. Or they go CGI and that never looks good. It looks terrible. To me, if you're making a horror movie, you've got to use practical effects as much as you possibly can. Because yeah. once it's CGI, you're like, well, this is a cartoon and it's not scary. It can be cool. Yeah. But it's not going to be terrifying. Terrifying. It's yeah. I could tell this is animated. I could tell it's not. You know. Yeah. But yeah, the, you're right. 100. Like moment practical effects are used. Yeah. There's just something that's just more real about it. Yeah, it's immediate. Yeah. Like, it feels visceral. Um, so, since it's the Wolfman um, and not, like, just a werewolf, I would want to tend toward the Wolfman aesthetic where he's still, like, relatively human-sized and mm-hmm. shaped. And, like, I would like him to still be wearing, like, pants. <laughs> um, but then, like, a little bit, like, he's got, you know, the lupine sort of backwards-facing legs. And, of course. Um, I like the in the howling, they've got those really big ears oh yeah um so like a cross between the wolfman and the werewolf from the monster squad and like the howling werewolves is kind of where my head's at with it that's perfect yeah yeah i like that a lot i do like the fact that again set in modern times you just can't put two and two together um and i do love when he gets to kind of more that like military side of things you might actually see like maybe a vampire maybe you know that is where the you might see the invisible suit they're not gonna make a big deal about it but that would be that would be fun yeah like maybe the fucking have a bunch of those suits like you know maybe he did manage to sell some to like the government that's how he got <laughs> money for all that crazy fucking shit he had yeah who knows interesting you know what i mean they never touched up on what he did with this suit in the invisible man um so that would be kind of cool to see that kind of just not beat you over the face but like yeah it's just it's there. just there it's just there we don't need to have it thrown in our face but yeah for me as long as they don't contradict each other that's really yeah. all that's really required no, yeah, and it's little subtle Easter eggs in the background is all you need. Like, if you just had, like, a bunch of those suits hanging up, and it was just something they walked by. Yeah. Like, that's it. That's good yeah. for me. I like that. And just be like, oh, fuck, there, there they are. Mm-hmm. And, like, you get to play that game of, well, how'd they get there? Maybe yeah. he's, whatever. Yeah, and if you introduce the concept that the government, like, not only is aware of these things, but is actively involved in these things, it's easier to, like, further group them together down yeah. the road. Exactly. Yeah. Because um, then that can even be the Black Lagoon was a government-funded research or the, you know, whatever. Yeah. 
they go back after her to see what communication fell off where. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that oh man, that'd be fun too. Now here's a question. Yeah. Do you have one for Dracula? I do. I had a feeling you would. Yeah. Now is the one with Nick Cage? Is that is? I think that's its own thing. That's its own thing. Yeah, it's like a horror comedy. I think. Yeah, I assume. <clears throat> it looks wild. I'm really excited about it. <laughs> He looks fucking nuts. <clears throat> he looks like Count Chocula. Yeah. <laughs> but like in the best way. Oh yeah, no, I'm very excited about it. I don't know when that comes out. I don't know either. They're shooting it, I know yeah. that. Um, he's got all the fucking rings and shit. Yeah, dude. it looks like Elvis. <laughs> like Elvis, if Dracula was Elvis. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I, maybe he is. That's the plot twist. There you go. And that's it. Wow. Uh, Elvis didn't die, he's just Dracula. He's he just Dracula else. now. <laughs> He had a brief music career. <laughs> He's like, all right, I gotta go somewhere else. Oh, I don't now. like this. I'm doing too many drugs. <laughs> Did way too much coke. <laughs> way too much fucking coke. Um, okay, so do you want to do your Dracula one too? I can do. It's it's very vague. It's not. Um, but I would do Dracula. I would take the sort of bones of the original story. Yeah. Set it in modern day in a more. Um, localized like either like a small town oh, okay or something like that something where you didn't have to deal with too much modernity mm-hmm. but i would take a lot from midnight mass oh i would take yeah. a lot from the book salem's lot by stephen king okay and i would take a whole lot from fw murnau's dracula adaptation nosferatu mm-hmm. from 1922 which is getting remade yeah hopefully right now yeah robert eggers has been trying to make it for years yeah um but yeah, I can, I would love for him to do that. But um, and then to really link it with like modern fears and stuff like that. Um, the book, there's a lot of stuff about uh, fear of the other and like um, sort of the alienation of immigrants and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that Bram Stoker was working with. But the other thing was just this fear of disease, mm. um, which is something that I think we can all <laughs> relate to right now. A little too real. <laughs> the idea of this guy coming into this town and suddenly like people are getting sick and nobody really knows why and like, yeah. what's the connection and nobody knows what this illness is. People are dying. And then like I heard from like this lady down the street that her husband who passed away was like at her door, like knocked at the door last night and asked to be let in and like what's happening. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do with Dracula. That would be fun. Especially like that – like. Midnight Mass was, like, a really fucking amazing way to, like, actually yeah. bring vampires back, to, in my opinion. I fucking love Midnight Mass. It was so good. I love that idea of just kind of one guy just rolling into town. He looks a little off. He yeah. looks sickly. But, but he's like, like, people are kind of interested in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be like, he's, like, yeah, he's kind of charming in a weird way, but he just looks... Yeah, off. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it'd be fun. For me, I almost have... And this has probably been done, and I probably just don't know it. I think it has... Is putting like Dracula in like a business world. Yeah, and I'm sure that has been done. Probably. I think. But, yeah. I feel like I have like one movie in my head, or at least a vampire in a business yeah. world. But that's what I did with that um, House of Frankenstein movie I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is fun. Yeah. Yeah. I I just because it makes total sense. Yeah. Well, for me, it's like it would be um... somewhere he would thrive, where you would have no morals. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No morals. For me, I literally have like if you made American Psycho. And actually just, like, turned, um... Patrick Bateman. Yeah, Patrick Bateman into Dracula. Like, that, to me, is almost perfect. Like, he just kind of has this suave, 
He's sophisticated. People like him. He gets business deals done because he's fucking Dracula and he has yeah, that he, charm. He, like, hypnotizes people. Exactly. <laughs> but, like, he's a fucking successful businessman and, like, nobody really knows yeah. why. He yeah. just comes in, he just does, gets what he wants and he does what he has to do. Yeah. But at the same time, like, crazy shit start, start, starts happening. Mm-hmm. We start falling down that road. Like, I would love to actually have that full journey of what we're watching American Psycho, but it's Dracula instead. Interesting. Because to me, that's... I fucking love the concept of American Psycho so much. Uh-huh. Because it's just... He's very cool, calm, collected, but he just fucking snaps. Yeah. But he doesn't do it like a crazy... Oh, well, yeah, it is a crazy <laughs> way, but it's it's very, like, subtle. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love American Psycho. I remember being in high school and watching that movie so much. Yeah. Um... Yeah, but I uh, and I the book is great too. I need to read the book. But that 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 story is really interesting because it's all about how, like these guys, these like Wall Street guys that he was t- talking about from like that period, of, like these yuppies at the time, yeah. they were all sociopaths and oh, monsters. Yeah. So he was just like, you know, literalizing, you know, <laughs> like these guys are that. But if you visualize it a different way, it becomes more insane. No, yeah. And it, and that's even something that like, this Dracula could touch on. I mean, maybe we're not following Dracula as the main character, right? Maybe we're following somebody who just got hired onto that into that company. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like starting to notice like some weird things. Yeah. Maybe his name's Renfield. Maybe his name's Jonathan Harker. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. And he's just starting to notice like weird things with this guy. And like he's off and he's like... I want to investigate my boss some more and shit like that. Mm. And then maybe we do get like into that point where he has a confrontation with him and he can bring up those points and go, yeah, sure. Like you might see me as a monster, but am I any different than these other people? Yeah. And like, we kind of can dive down that side of like humanity can be dark and Mm -hmm. gross and wrong and corrupt. Yeah. And so who are we to judge (laughs) this other, Oh, you're going into like uh, I am legend territory. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so there's just like a lot of fun things you could do with these characters. Yeah, like both like to me, both things could work. Oh yeah, definitely. But I love the creepy side of like these people are disappearing and dying, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh wait, yeah, but I just saw. Well, that's like one of my favorite things about the lore of vampires, especially from like uh, Europe. Yeah, is that they that was the lore, right? That's mm-hmm. what the beginning of like the vampire myth for the Europeans was. This idea that like this person would return after a certain number of times and they would like knock at the door and ask to be let in like, Oh, don't let them in. It's not really them. Um, and just the creepiness of that and the, like the sadness of that, like they just lost this person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and that's when they, uh, the idea of the wooden stake, um, comes from, they would stake people, they would bury them and stake them to the ground. So they didn't get up if they like thought it was weird that they might've died a weird way, like maybe a way that wasn't natural. They would stake them to the ground. Damn. Um, so I would like play with a lot of that, like introduce a lot of that, it's like old style lore. Were they the ones? No, I'm trying to remember if there's salt. Who's salt? That's um, no, that's part of it. That's like witches or like anything that's like has to do with um, like the occult, like uh, demons and yeah, the salt in the windows and yeah, the, like, like uh, over the threshold. Yeah, over the threshold. Yeah. Um, because I do know the vampires like you have to let them in, you have to invite them into your home. You have to invite them in. Yeah. Yeah, and I I I also like really love that shit because when it's done in like a super intelligent way mm-hmm. um like when one of them figures out a sly way to get let in yeah that's always the best because mm-hmm. it's just that moment of i'm trying to remember what movie just did that too i literally have like the scene in my head of not sure but i would also the other thing i'm obsessed with with vampires is having them have the eyes of like a nocturnal predator 
So yeah. That, like if you catch them at the right angle at night, their eyes are just like reflective. Yes. Yeah. That would be actually, yeah. That adds a lot of fun for like yeah. wilderness areas. Like the small town really fits into that because most of it's rural. Most of it has woods and trees. And so like just being out at night and then just seeing like that. Yeah. Little glimpse of like a, maybe a flashlight catches it just right. Yeah, exactly. The classic shit that seriously can never get old. And it's just like slowly more and more people until mm-hmm. like the the main characters that are like trying to figure out what's going on are outnumbered. Are you gonna have a happy ending or is it sad no, ending? There, all these would have uh, bad end, like unhappy <laughs> endings. Like Black Lagoon ends that very specific way. Yeah. Uh, the Wolfman, I think he would die at the end. Um, the Frankenstein movie would have a very gnarly ending. <laughs> I feel like they do have to. Yeah. Like, I'm a big believer in, like, if you're making a horror movie, like, don't have a happy ending. No. You you can't. At best, have an ambiguous ending. Yeah. Exactly. Like, it's one of those that if the Dracula one, they think they, you know, killed Dracula, and it's like, they never recovered a body. Yeah. Something like that where you just go, well, fuck, maybe not. Yeah. Or they do kill Dracula, but they've lost so much Mm -hmm. that, like, what have they won? (laughs) Man, it would be fun to see these actually happen, too. Yeah. Because there's so much potential to, like, actually use them to now touch on new human society elements that are just kind of left to, like, not be touched on. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes these, like, characters all relevant, is they kind of all still continue to touch on something. Yeah. Um, like, Let me ask you this, since okay. we, we started talking about how this has been done so well already. Okay. What Would you do anything with the mummy? Because if we're doing all the... Yes. Okay. I feel like you have to do the mummy. Okay. I kind of want to see the mummy brought to like a major city. Okay. Like maybe they find like a tomb and they bring everything back to like a museum and shit like that. Yeah. And then he gets brought back to life in the museum and he's just fucking unleashed onto like New York or something. So we're thinking along similar lines, but I have a very specific small pitch okay. for, for this. So exactly what you're saying, modern day, mm-hmm. like museum of, what, what is it, the museum of history? Yeah. Whatever it is in New York City. Yeah. Um, they find something, like it's a hidden, it's like a tomb within a tomb, like something yeah. they didn't want people to find. Like they bring all this stuff to the museum, they're setting up um, a really cool exhibit, everybody's excited about it. But what I would throw at you is it's all set in one night in the museum, like one location. Oh. And you just go like a really small, gnarly horror movie with it where the mummy is fucked up looking. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really have magic powers. It just fucking chokes people and stuff. (laughs) That would be cool. Yeah. And you just like try to make it as scary as possible. And then you like very subtly dig into like what is happening. Like is this is an ancient Egyptian curse? Yes, it's brought this thing. And what are the implications of that? I like that. Are you? Would you take the regeneration thing from the mummy with Brendan Fraser, where he like absorbs people's? Like he took the guy's with the canopic jars. I do like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe. I think that was the creepiest thing that movie did was the fact it did. That was like when the movie was still a horror movie. Yeah, it was at that point. And I do like that the idea that like whoever took each of the things that's what he takes from them. I might incorporate that. Yeah, because I do like that. It was, but I don't want a fully regenerated mummy at any point. No, 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 no. Um, but like at the point where he just had the eyes and tongue and like his flesh was all still fucking decayed and like I was like that's fucking perfect. Yeah, it was, and like he had the hood on. 
And yeah. like he would just turn around and it was still just fucked up. That's perfect. And I would really want to like border somewhere between realistic, but also very like tropey, like horror movie mummy look. Like, mm-hmm. have you ever seen the movie Monster Squad? No. So in the movie Monster Squad, which you would love because it's the Goonies versus the Universal Monsters. Perfect. Um, they do a mummy who doesn't really do anything in the movie, but he looks <laughs> awesome. That's all that matters. It's like this, the most successfully scary I've ever seen a mummy in a movie. I do. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so I would just do something like that. The bandages are still there. Yeah. But, like, yeah, he, that actually does look cool. But he looks horrific, yeah. He does. I love the best thing that the original mummy does is they build up the lore on the mummy mm-hmm. in a very quick and easy way for you to understand. Yeah. He betrayed... The emperor, he did this very terrible thing. They buried him alive yeah. with the Beatles, mm-hmm. and like this thing that's never been done before. They like cut out a song. They do all that shit. Yeah, and like you just find, you just know that this guy's fucked up. Yeah. I think I would want to continue that, but like not instead of just sleeping with like the emperor, I want him to be like a legit mass murderer. Well, I was gonna say, you know what I would do is I would have them find out, and I wouldn't show any of this. Yeah, but I would have the characters find out like. He was a really bad dude. Yes. <laughs> and like, even if he was, like, a normal guy, yeah. we wouldn't want to be dealing with him, but instead he's this undead thing. Exactly. Like, he was, like, Jack the Ripper for, like, the fucking Egyptians. Yeah. Like, he was a, just a like serial was, killer. Yeah, somebody fucked up. And they that's the reason they buried him that way. Yeah. They put his tomb in a way you should not find it. Like, exactly. Like, this is an evil guy. Yeah. Um, that's well, where I would go with and it. And then maybe he was, like, really into... Um, I'm not. I I have zero knowledge of actual Egyptian, um, mm-hmm. either uh, magic or anything like that. But he was really into like dark magic and yeah. worship like the dark gods. Exactly. And he was gonna do something. Mm-hmm. And then the stakes of the movie are if he gets out of the museum, like he's going to further those plans along and like do whatever, open a portal or like something. His, yeah, 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 exactly. Like his because they basically brought his entire tomb. Yeah. Maybe he had like a shrine that was built where yeah. he was going to sacrifice somebody and like he was going to do yeah. something like he's trying to do a thing. Yeah. Bring, his, bring something bad here. Exactly. And his yeah. shrine get brought gets brought in too because it's his entire tomb. Yeah. That way at the end of the movie he opens the portal. That's oh. the end. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. That really will uh <laughs> That's a really t- dark ending. <laughs> yeah. That's no, why I'm here, man. <laughs> Mummy is... That would be a fun one. And I do kind of like that idea of... The rest of these movies have... We've exploded it out. So yeah. it'd be kind of cool to like just be in one location. Yeah, like really, really creepy. Very, like, you know, what's around every corner. And... Museums are creepy, too. Yeah, they are. And that would be kind of fun to see you can have... And the they're different... echoey, and they're yeah, weird. And they're yeah, they're dark, and they're... Uh, there's different areas that he could actually be in. So it'd be kind of fun to see him, like like lurking through like a civil war section or something weird just something totally like yeah. out of left field yeah um but to see him like interacting with that shit mm-hmm. um that'd be fun man i really, i think it might be my favorite now I, I like the mummy yeah <laughs> it hurts when they do them wrong <laughs> <laughs> just like the second and the third one yeah but yeah no i think that like all, all the all those would work to yeah. one extent or another i'm very excited about the black lagoon one that's like my I wish that movie was real. (laughs) All it takes is one person to listen to one of these podcasts. John Carpenter tried to do a Creature in the Black Lagoon remake in the 80s, and I can never let that go. (laughs) Anytime that I hear, like, John Carpenter had an idea for something. Man, he had this whole, like, fallow period um, right before he made Memoirs of an Invisible Man, where it was, like, a bunch of almosts. Like, he almost directed Top Gun, which is bizarre. 
Um, but he almost directed Exorcist three. That, and like that hurts because yeah. like John Carpenter with that script, like yes, mm-hmm. fuck yes. Mm-hmm. Hitting like him almost directing a lot of things is like the truly like what ifs. Yeah, I, I mean, love John Carpenter. I know, and it's we've we've discussed this I think until we're like blue in the face, but like what would his Batman movie look like? When you just think of like what John Carpenter brings movie wise, yeah, it's just especially a certain era of John Carpenter. Yes. Um, there's just something like very like low budget, but like not terrible looking, but like charming and like gritty and yeah, dirty almost, but like an, all in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be so fascinating to see him like get these movies, like him having him having this mummy idea would be like fucking bonkers. Yeah, I'd me. let him do it. I let him do it right now. <laughs> like him like having control of like the mummy in that museum and like just seeing what he would probably yeah. put in like. He would be capitalizing on the mummy being in the background of certain things. Like, yeah, and I'm like, John, here's your budget. It's yeah. one location. It won't be too hard. Exactly. I'll give you more money if you do the music. <laughs> he would. Man. He and his son Cody are doing the score for the Firestarter remake, and I'm very excited about oh, that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because he almost made Firestarter. That's oh. another like one that he almost did. The world's of what if. I know. He's a fun Twitter follow. John Carpenter? Yeah. Does he tweet? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> It's just like bitterness. No, he's actually <laughs> extremely optimistic. He like uh, compliments a lot of like modern media. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, he's like gotten into like video games. So he's yeah, like... he's super into video games. Yeah, um, and like triple A games that. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> like, he loves Call of Duty and shit. Yeah, no, he was like talking yeah. about like new games coming out. And he like talks about how great they are. Yeah, um, good. Yeah. I I love John Carpenter, but I'm a, I'm also a really big sucker for the like sort of sassy bitch John Carpenter. Fair. Um, and I love there are these stories. Um, when they were making memoirs of an invisible man, uh, he was at a meeting, like a studio meeting with executives and stuff. And somebody was giving him the, uh, like, okay, I don't want this to be like, this is PG 13. And don't go turning this into a gore fast horror movie. And John Carpenter, the quote from the book, the direct quote is, look, I got into this, co- this business to make Westerns. I can make any kind of movie. So don't give me your shit. <laughs> it's just like, fucking king go off <laughs> as he should though i loved it yeah he's i mean best. when you introduce something like halloween to the world everybody else can yeah everybody it. shut up and like, just let him do what he wants like who has the audacity to be like so we know you gave us like one of the top five like yeah horror icons ever and one of the most profitable movies of all time exactly but we're still gonna like question your shit yeah we're still gonna tell you what to do <laughs> we th- we know yeah obviously <laughs> fucking stupid yeah, fuck you. Oh. <laughs> so this was fun. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything else? Have we covered them all? Yes. That's I think we got them all. There's like, there's ones that are like in between the lines, I guess. Of course. But there's like, I don't know, Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Phantom of the Opera. I think you could just do that pretty much straight up. <laughs> yeah, that one's never really. You could do Phantom of the Paradise, the uh, De Palma movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Or the uh, the Robert England Phantom of the Opera from oh, the 80s. God. <laughs> Phantom of the Opera is weird because it's just kind of, it's always just going to be, you're stuck to an opera and there's a weird dude hangs on the rafters. Yeah, it'd be cool to see a horror version of it that was like less bizarre than the musical that everybody knows it as. Fair. So, but, I don't know. I don't have too many thoughts about it. It would be like him like finding a play or something like that and him slowly killing off the cast members because he wants to be in it or something. Yeah, I don't know. Something weird. I'd find I'd find the thing. Give me time and I'll... Because <laughs> that could be something kind of cool where he, he's just 
always want to dack. He's got the fucked up face. Yeah. Got you got to have that mask. Got to have that mask. Yeah. But it'd just be him like. That's that's one that's hard outside of period. It is. It's uh, It makes less and less sense. Well, yeah, especially because it's. That's the one thing with like a lot of these period pieces on something like that is that for me, the number one question is how do you answer the cell phone problem? Uh-huh. Which is cell phones now have ruined the plot of almost every single yeah um, horror movie. Yeah. How do you solve it, right? Yeah. The new Halloweens do a great job in the fact that he's hitting you so fucking Yeah, it doesn't fast. matter. <laughs> and you can call whoever you want. It still doesn't matter. Yeah. That's, I dare you. <laughs> that's the best way to solve that. And I think they, they did that really well there. Yeah. But um, that's just me. Like I, I look at every single movie and I go, how can a cell phone yeah. solve this movie? Yeah. Well, I think um, a lot of the stuff that we've pitched, like my Dracula concept. Mm-hmm. Small town. Who are you going to text? Yeah. And it's like, have you ever seen the 90s remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers? Yes. Wait. The 90s one. No, not It's got the... Meg Tilly. Why am I thinking of... I'm thinking of a very random movie right now that has Daniel Craig. Oh, that is The Invasion? That's That it. is another remake of Invasion. Nicole of Kidman makes yeah. it too? Um, that that's from like me. the 2000s. Yes. There's a movie from 1993 and it's just called Body Snatchers. Okay. And it's like, against all odds, my favorite version of that story, even better than the bomb as fuck 70s one that's a Stone Cold classic. No. But there's a really great scene in that movie... Um, where Meg Tilly, who's the mom of this family, has been replaced by a pod. Um, and the husband, like, wakes up in the middle of his pod forming. So, oh. like, he's, like, knows something's happening. There's this, like, dead half-formed thing in their house that looks like him. And the daughter knows something's going on. And they're all freaking out. They're about to leave the house. And he's like, come on, we got to get out of here. We got to run. And she, like, has this moment where she's, like, trying to calm him down. And she's just finally, like, run where? Where are you going to run? Where are you going to hide? Yeah. Where are you going to go? Nowhere. Because there's no one left like you. And that is the energy. In uh, that, like when you get to the third act in that Dracula movie, like, what do you, where? Go yeah, where? Exactly. What are you going to do? No, yeah. Who are you going to tell? Exactly. Uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Or there's the Wolfman that, like, by the time you pick up your cell phone, your arm is not attached to your body. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Michael Myers treatment. Yeah. And then there's, like, Black Lagoon. They're off the grid. Exactly. You know what I mean? That's, yeah, that's the one thing I've noticed that, like, most horror movies now, like, I'm, like, cell phone. Yeah. Because it's the slasher genre that they really have completely <laughs> annihilated. And, like, Scream made the big statement. <laughs> Yes. And they've never gone beyond that. Exactly. Everything past that is like no cell reception, exactly. <laughs> dead battery. Dead battery, no cell phone reception, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even the new screen touched on it really well with the fact that it was smart locks on your phone. Yeah. And he was, he hacked into it. He was fucking with her with it. Like, he yeah. did as well. Um, she would turn it on. He'd turn it off. She'd turn it on. To, and like, screen. Oh, you did end up seeing the new screen. I did. Okay. You uh, liked yeah. it? Huh? Oh, yeah. Okay. I liked it. I thought it was fine. Yeah. I don't want a sequel. I'm sad to make it. They're going to make one. I know they are. They just started filming. I know. It's upsetting. I, this was the perfect one and done for me. Like, this should just, just gonna, end. And they're just like, going to keep going. You guys struck gold again. Don't fucking temp try it. <laughs> like, you knock it out of the park with the first scream and change the horror genre as we know it. Yeah. And then never this made was, a good one since. Yeah, exactly. And then this one was a fantastic. Well, this, this one was fine. It was a good love letter to it, it felt like. Yeah. It was kind of like a little nostalgic kind of throwback. Kind of a modern retelling, but it did tackle cell phones head on, which I loved. Yeah. So that was cool. Absolutely. Um, yeah. 
but that's me I mean, that's I think that's your biggest problem with most horror movies yeah and I can check out immediately if I look at the situation <laughs> and go why the fuck don't you call someone on your cell phone <laughs> we all have them <laughs> attached to our bodies at this point that's true <laughs> like why are you not using your phone mm. like what the fuck I'll check out of a movie immediately <laughs> maybe I'm a stickler I don't yeah. know yeah I not check out. It's just I lose the. You can't buy into it. Exactly. It's yeah. no longer intense. Intense to me because I go, "Well, you're an idiot. You deserve to die." Yeah. And <laughs> I'm just watching you get murdered because <laughs> you're a moron. Um. Yeah. So these are fun. They are. What are we doing next? I don't even know. We got to think on it now. We have to think on it together because I have no idea. Okay. Because I think we've covered most of these fun ones. I mean, it's just bottomless. It truly is. You just do like just do anything. Give me a prompt. Could be prompt, and we've done. We'll see with Superman. We didn't talk about that news that came out of uh, Warner Brothers being sold to Discovery. Oh yeah, that it's finalized. Yeah, it's finalized, um, and then Discovery full on making that statement of we don't understand how you guys fucked up Superman this much. I know. <laughs> Essentially, it's pretty good. <laughs> I'm just like, how, like how, how can you have a property that is literally Superman, and you're like, we don't even know if we're gonna use them. <laughs> Supergirl will take over instead. Like, what the fuck are you we... talking about? Why can't you have Superman and Supergirl? What the, yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> you haven't got Superman right. What makes you think you're going to get Supergirl right? I know. Like, that's the more that's the harder one to get right. It's so funny. It's. Uh... We'll see. We'll find out together. I'm excited. That was a great statement. Yeah. They should just do the fucking thing that... Yeah, just leave Matt Reeves the fuck alone, and I don't care what the fuck else you do. Exactly. <laughs> Let him play in his Batman universe yeah. and thrive there. Don't look at it. Yeah. I swear to God, if they fuck with the Batman. I don't want to talk about I'm it. I'm out. <laughs> My HBO Max subscription is done. <laughs> I'm not doing anything for them. Fuck them. <laughs> we will just own the Batman and just watch it on a loop. That's right. Just live in our own like bubble. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> don't care what's going on out there. Yeah, don't give a fuck. No. They're... The fact that even on HBO it hit like 750,000 streaming. Immediately. Like, yeah. Immediately. Like, they know they would be the dumbest people in the world that they're like, well, let's make some changes to this yeah. perfect thing that's going on. And it made serious money at the box office. Like, there's no... Still is. Yeah. That's what gives me, like, just, just this sublime sort of piece. Like, they'll leave him alone. Yeah. They'll just money. let him do his thing. Yeah. When you make that much money. Yeah. And it's universally loved. Yeah. And he's in this, like, Chris Nolan situation now where that was the first movie and we all know the relationship of Begins to the Dark Knight. So who, whatever he does with that second one, it could really blow the doors off this shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People keep, man, people keep, like, doing their own teasers for it. And instead of that red lighting, it's blue and it's freeze. Freeze. Fuck. Give me Mr. Freeze. <laughs> Give me, yeah, introduce Harvey Dent. Give me Mr. Freeze. I'm obsessed with them using Mr. Freeze now. I've been, like, th- overthinking it way too much. I know. The, uh, if it makes you feel better, the internet is wanting Mr. Freeze as well. I know. It's perfect timing. Yeah. It's the perfect world. It's the perfect situation. Yeah. He needs to be redeemed. But just... Oh. Like, give me that skinny... Can you imagine... No, just, like, the character bits of, like, Bruce having to deal with somebody who's anger about losing their loved one did force them all the way mm-hmm. over the ledge that he kept himself from going over yeah and especially now with him realizing that you know hope is kind of more yeah what he can be for gotham instead of vengeance yeah and now you have somebody and now here's vengeance. vengeance yeah ice cold vengeance too like, and and maybe it's a little too cute but something in the way was such a solid part of like the marketing and oh, the yeah. movie itself what if this is the Nirvana trilogy of Batman 
And what if movie two is heart-shaped box, man? Oh. And Frieza's trapped in a figurative and literal heart. box. Yeah. Because of his love, his like corrupted love for his wife. Yeah, in the suit. Mm-hmm. Kind of trapped in that like yeah constant level of He's like trapped in torment. Yeah. Yeah. Man. <laughs> In the actors right now, they could get to to like to do it. Mads Mickelson, please, thank you. <laughs> Mads Mickelson, um, another one that I really, really want, but he might be getting too old now. Um, is I can't even think of his fucking name, which is a bummer. Uh, but he's Breaking Bad. Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, yeah, he would fucking knock it out of the park. He'd be really good. He's also my pick, though, if they do Hugo Strange. Fair. He's all. He just has that like brainy. Yeah. Um, but also will fuck you up. <laughs> Oh, yeah. type of demeanor about him that's and that's right. what makes him like one of my favorite bad guys right now he's great um, he's a good he, actor yeah exactly so there's just so many options out there um, that they could even go with that it's just kind of an exciting world to live in yeah I know we get to live in it yes <laughs> um, anyways okay is there anything else we want to talk about I don't think so you can't think of anything else that you would want to do next uh, week right. or we can just decide it right. okay did we no, I said, or we can just decide it off. Uh, oh, yeah. We'll yeah. probably have to discuss it because I can't think of anything right now. So, um, well, in that case, it is getting late. Yeah, it is. <laughs> we kept going for too long. I know. <laughs> the thing that happens. <laughs> All right. In that case, we're going to say goodbye. 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 <laughs>